Hey, here we are. We're fired up about today. We are, my name is Dr. Fred DiDomenico. Dr. Doug DeSiena. And we have a power-packed interview with a great, with friend. great friend. This is Resurrecting this is Our Resurrecting Freedom Podcast. Freedom More than a great podcast. friend, a great, great leader, great, great colleague, great colleague. Most, importantly, most importantly a great friend, a great friend. And, now and now a spiritual, a spiritual leader making a difference, making standing, up, standing for up for our rights in a world, in a world where, where it feels, feels like, like there's, there's more deception than truth. truth. There's, there's more lies than, uh, than what's really on our hearts in a country where we seem to be losing not only our God-given freedom, but our human freedoms. And we're standing up taking an inside-out stance where uh, the outside-in isn't always looking so good. So thank you to Dr. Matt Hubbard for joining us today. We've known you for years. We've seen you do a ton of things in chiropractic, and uh, now you're stepping up on even a bigger level. Come on, man. Well, I'm honored to be here. Thank you guys for the invitation. And uh, there's nothing I'd rather do today than talk to you guys about freedoms. And I feel like we've been in the trenches. I know. Uh, you know, Dr. Doug over there been doing this a long time. I mean, when I was a young kid in chiropractic school, I looked up to Dr. DeSiena. And uh, I'm telling you, coming out now to see you still as fired up as the day I met you is really an inspiration to me. And I've known you, Dr. Fred, for a long time. And to see you still swinging just as hard all these years later, man, it is, um, yeah, I think it's what's keeping us young. Is like we are oh, yeah. still loving the fight, yeah. and now it's a greater fight than ever. And you know, like they say, if you're going to get in the ring, you've got to stay in shape. And I feel yeah, like this whole thing's keeping us in shape. So I, I'm honored that you'd even invite me to sit around this campfire talk, this fireside chat, this uh, you know podcast, just to talk about the things that we love. So thank you. Hey, awesome, man. Yeah, we love you because we all love the same things. So uh, why don't you give them a little history for the listeners that aren't familiar with you that will be blown away through this, but give us kind of a timeline, how you got into chiropractic, how it led to what you're doing now, and where did this all start? Yeah, you know, uh, I was just a young punk in high school, and uh, I lived next door to a quack, I mean a chiropractor, and uh, didn't think anything of it. Uh, except man that they have a lot of kids and uh, my buddy my age was born in a bathtub they are weirdos over there <laughs> um, but then you know one day I was wrestling with my brother I kind of tweaked his neck and I knew my dad who was a marine back in the day it was about to get home from work and get a beat down on me so I ran next door took my brother paid him 20 bucks to shut his mouth <laughs> and uh, Dr. Call adjusted him and said, you better bring him back on Saturday morning. Let me check him one more time. He did one more time. And, I, you know, that was it. I paid my brother another 20 bucks not to tell my parents. He felt great. Everything was good. But it wasn't until about four weeks later. And my mom's like, um, hey, I'm going to uh, get the asthma prescription for your brother. And we all carried him just in case. He almost died multiple times when he was a kid. He was in and out of the hospital first, you know, three years of his life, touch and go. We had an air compressor that he used to suck on all the time. He couldn't run 10 feet without wheezing. So it was a legitimate deal. Like we were always worried about my brother. And here he was 16, I was 18. And I go, yeah, that's weird. Mine's still full. You know, Mike hasn't used it. And then Michael's like, yeah, mine's still full. I haven't had an asthma attack in a while. My best friend was there and he goes, yeah, it's because my dad adjusted you. And I'm like, <laughs> Dude, your dad, what are you talking about, man? Don't be a fool. And he goes, yeah. So he's sitting there telling me, trying to tell me the chiropractic story. And I was like, dude, 
well, I have no idea what your context is. So I went down and I asked Dr. Call and I said, hey, you know, I was curious. Adam said something about that adjustment. How would that affect my brother's asthma? And he goes, well, I don't cure asthma. You know, he gave me this little thing, you know, and he was a very musculoskeletal chiropractor. But he, he just said, listen, your brother's neck was so out. He's probably been out since birth. Ask your mom how his, you know, that birth experience was. And I cleared his atlas. And yeah, I know you came over because he was hurt. But I was adjusting just what I found. And literally, my brother's never had asthma since. Now he's an officer in the Navy. He has three bronze stars. He's highly decorated. He's a full-on machine. I tell him, Michael, the reason why you're so ripped, <laughs> you really did steroids for 16 years legally. So I don't really care how honored <laughs> you are. If I did steroids that long, I'd look like you too. So shut up. It's not a gift. It was a drug. <laughs> but, you know, the whole point is. Plus, you were beating down on him the majority of his life. That's what made him a badass. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, yeah, it's right, dude. But I'm telling you, he, uh, if my brother got out of the Navy today, the first place he'd go is, uh, you know, if he, if he still had that desire, would be chiropractic school. He knows it was a massive impact on his life. I found him chiropractors in Baharang. I found him chiropractors in Germany. I find him chiropractors around the world. He gets the importance of it. But that little thing when I was 18 planted a seed. And so when I went off to college, studied kinesiology, I was sitting there telling my head of department of kinesiology, yeah, man, I'm thinking about chiropractic. It had a big impact on my family's life. And, uh, and they're like, well, no one graduates from Westmont College and becomes a chiropractor. I'm like, oh, don't tell a rebel that. Yeah, <laughs> so now I'm, I'm going, going for sure now. <laughs> but I, was, I went down the closest school to Santa Barbara was LACC back at the time or SCUS. You know, I don't even know what that stands for now. But, you know, so I went down there and I was looking at it going, huh, this is interesting. And then my uncle said, you got to come meet my chiropractor. So I went to this guy, Dr. Tim Chaffin up in Sacramento. I was like mesmerized. He did, you know, like this torque release technique, open room, five tables, keep people in chairs. I mean, it was so, you know, vitalistic. I'd never seen anything like it. And I go, are you, this guy just told jokes for three hours. Saw hundreds of people. I went outside, he jumped in his Porsche and went home. Who is this guy? It was so radical because my neighbor was a good old country boy, six kids, very simple, small little practice. That's all I knew. So I didn't know you could be loving chiropractic and be successful. That's And be crazy. cracking jokes the whole time. That's right, up, that's right up your alley. <laughs> so let me tell you, man, I went through, graduated Kines, went up, got into Life West. If I was 80% sure I made the right decision when I entered on that first week, by the end of the first week, I was 150%. And then it uncorked my mind because I was going to college with all these like long kids. And they're like, yeah, my dad's a chiropractor. My uncle's a chiropractor. My cousins are chiropractors. My four sisters and my two brothers. I mean, the longs out of Tacoma. I was like, dear Lord, these are good looking, attractive people. They're all successful. They're third, fourth generation chiropractors. This thing is ridiculous. This is the greatest known secret I've ever heard of. Why are these chiropractors so secretive? They're trying to like hold on to this thing. And so I just went deep dive, man. I started, I went on a mission and I went and visited 64 offices of the best offices that I could find in California and, you know, maybe Nevada. And I journaled every one of them and I met legends like the man I'm talking to right now. 
And I remember going to this Knights of the Roundtable meeting. And then I went to my first DE when it was in San Diego and it freaking messed my brain up. And I saw Dr. Sid for the first time dropping some keys. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And I just said, anything's possible. And what I love more so is my dad always raised me, you know, about honor and respect. You know, he was a military guy. My grandpa was World War II guy. So I grew up in a military mindset family about excellence and about sacrifice and about you lay down your life for another man. And so I had this DNA, but I didn't want to go in the military. I found chiropractic. I heard what our forefathers did. I heard about the DD and the BJs and the Ross Reavers and all these incredible, I, I, I knew the over 200 doctors that went to jail for a principal. And I'm thinking to myself, thank God I don't got to go to jail for a principal. Who knows now with COVID? But I was thinking, this is one of the greatest professions. People fight that hard for what they believe in. I'm all in. Let's go. Let me. I want to be around the greats. And just me coming to San Diego, I literally interned with Dr. Ron Oberstein. And I remember, you know, he kicked my butt and he said, hey, listen, don't come here and suck off me. I'm not a cow. I mean, that was our first interview. Because <laughs> he wasn't hiring associates anymore. Hey, let me cut you off real quick. Because, uh, you know, you're mentioning we got people that aren't chiropractors. So all those names that he's mentioning are great leaders in chiropractic. And actually, historically, that built chiropractic. You know, he's talking about BJ and Didi. Those are the Palmers that discovered and, and founded chiropractic all the way through the chiropractors that went into jail. And so the names he's mentioning, these guys are, are, were made a big impact in the profession they were, they were like they were like legends in my, in our profession long story short fast forward you become you know a good little student you kick butt then you go on you become the chiropractic association president largest uh state association besides florida the fourth largest in the world and you realize you start taking arrows for people you don't even know and you're taking hits like you wouldn't believe and i was like what is why why would god open a door for me to go into politics and just to take a flipping beating. And I never understood the why until just a few years ago when I was asked to become a pastor. And um, fast forward, still in chiropractic, still love what I do, but I got very into politics from 2010 until I'm still very involved with politics. It started in chiropractic, it morphed into statewide California, all the way to big politics with the big boys and uh, keeping my pulse on it because I realized I didn't want to be a whiner or a whinger. I, want, I, I didn't want to just talk about it. I want to be about it. And so getting in my profession with what I love, I took the same mentality into politics, taking arrows for my brothers, fighting like we should for our freedoms. And then it got into, God, why are you moving me into becoming a pastor of an epic church? And we weren't a political church. You know, we, you know they always say, don't, don't get politics involved with church. And then all of a sudden, this year happened. And my pastor really leaned in on me. I attend Waken Church in San Diego. My pastor leaned into me and said, hey, you've been in the political arena and I really respect your healthcare opinion. What's going on? And I said, this virus is bull crap. There is so much more behind it. And he'd been under care with me a long time. We're talking since 2006. So he gets chiropractic better than most chiropractors. He gets healthcare. He gets inside out. He gets everything because it is the gospel, you know, Jesus was the first chiropractor. People don't know that. He used his hands all the time. He readjusted minds, spines, and 
align some souls to get them on the right track. And we know all things work better in alignment. So how was he not a chiropractor and obviously the savior of the world? So not to be preaching Just on as a, a side uh, job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was a side hustle. Side hustle. <laughs> was hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. hands on healing. Yeah, yeah. Get over here. Let me adjust that right up here. Sometimes yeah. he had to spit in their eyes, but you know what? He had to do whatever it took. So long story. Then all of a sudden this whole thing happens. We realized it's the same attack my profession went to someone trying to take our freedoms away. And there was great men and women that stood for a cause. Same thing today. Our freedoms are under jeopardy. Who's going to stand up and draw a line in the sand? One of the greatest freedoms is our religious freedoms. You don't come against my health freedom. You don't come against my religious freedoms. You know, if I got to remind you what a lion looks like, you know, you're not going to just see one. You're going to hear one. And now we have an army. You know, we have six campuses and we're roaring strong and we're raising up other men and women that believe on what this country was founded on, not just health freedoms, not just our liberties, not just our freedom of speech, our freedom to bear arms. We got to get our voices back and we got to equip ourselves. That's why I love chiropractors and pastors now. Two of my favorite people. There you go. So what was your transition? Because you, I mean, you were immersed in practice, man. You, had, you saw tons of people, obviously. And then what was the official calling? I mean, I know that Pastor Jurgen talked with you, but what was the motivation? Because it's not like, I mean, sometimes those decisions happen right away. But usually there's a God, there's a God thing that happened that transformed your heart and mind. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, like 10 years ago, well, more than 10 years now, uh, listen, grew up in a great Christian family, but I was the black sheep, man. I was the rebel. Don't even tell me. My grandpa was a pastor. My uncles are pastors. And there, my grandpa, before he died, gave me a little, you know, verse and said, man, you're going to, you're going to preach to the nations. I said, yeah, yeah, grandpa, I, I love you. We'll see you in heaven one day. Just thanks for teaching me ping pong. Okay. You got most of it right. <laughs> you're not getting it all right. And, uh, long story short is, um, I meet my wife-to-be. She gets radically saved in our church, has a radical encounter with God. And she goes, I think we're going to be a ministry one day. And I said, baby, maybe you, but I'm a full-fledged, full-throttle chiropractor. That's my passion. You know, that's my religion. I'll go to church. Matter of fact, I'll be a kingdom builder. I'll be a producer. I'm an entrepreneur, baby. I'm going to build the kingdom. You do it your way. I'm going to build it financially. The church needs money. I'm going to sow into it. I'll be one of the biggest givers in our church. And that was one of my goals. I'm going to serve anywhere on a Sunday. I'll serve on any team. I'll park cars. My first service, man, I was parking cars. Chiropractor Monday through Saturday. Sunday, man, I'm parking cars at church, baby. And uh, I was totally content with that. And friends with my pastor and friends with leadership. And then what happened was as the years went by and the church expanded, I sat on the board of the church. They wanted me to be the, you know, look at the numbers. You know, it's just like running anything. We want to make sure we run a tight ship. We're great stewards of our money. And they knew I ran a great business. They wanted me to make sure that they were stewarding it well, be on the board, look at the numbers. We buy buildings. We do things to expand the kingdom. And, uh, you know, I just said, you know, we have to buy buildings because we're called to be not, a, not to give money to a landlord, but to be the Lord over our land. If there's anything we learned in COVID, it's you better be the Lord over your land because if someone else is, they might kick you out of the church building. If you don't own it, they could say, see you later. You got to close your church. That's why we own all our buildings. We own all our properties. And it's a good lesson for many of us that we got to start 
making sure we take territory. And so long story short, one day they said, can you go look at one of the campuses? And I said, sure. I said, yeah, we got to separate them all. All these campuses are going up. There's something going on on leadership up there. I'll go check it out. I spent a month up at our Carlsbad campus, came back and said, yeah, I found out what it is. You want me to go up there and I'll just help with some leadership. And uh, we were having dinner one night and I, and the Holy Spirit just told me this isn't dinner. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, Hey pastor, I know this isn't dinner. You might as well rip the bandaid. What's going on? And he goes, we've been praying and fasting for a couple of weeks. And we know you and your wife, uh, you've been in our church since day one. Uh, you have a ministry background. We're going to ordain you guys and you're going to take over that campus. I said, oh man, my wife starts crying. No, we're not ready. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure you want to put me up there. I'm, you know, I speak truth and uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And he goes, that's exactly why they need you. So that was three years ago. Uh, we exploded that campus in Carlsbad, Bressy Ranch, multiple surface, thousands of people uh, really felt the calling on my life. And here's the truth. Chiropractic is about teaching people the truth and getting them in alignment, restoring health. But I realized at the end of the day, salvation was on the line. And even though I was removing subluxations, empowering health, changing lives, getting people healthy, there was one little thing missing that I knew I was called to deliver. And that was introduce people to the king and let them find their walk with their faith and help them walk it out. So I felt like I had a ceiling in chiropractic at some point and God was calling me going, hey, you're almost there. And the calling went bigger. So I love so that what I one, do. That one little thing ends up being the biggest thing. The biggest thing. So guess what? I'm still doing chiropractic, still laying hands on people, but now it's, it's of greater service at a greater level with a bigger platform, more responsibility comes more power. And, and, and more responsibility with that knowledge and power comes responsibility. And so I've had to really reflect on my own life and shine the light on areas to become a bigger man. And when you decide you make the calling, listen, my calling is to build big people. And as a building big people, you can change the world. And uh, so that's what we've been doing. We just opened our second campus that my wife and I run, third one in Salt Lake City. We're about to go to Temecula. And uh God is all over it. And it's been a radical ride, especially during COVID, man. There you go. A couple of things that strike me, what you talked about. Number one, the Bible says that we should be the head, not the tail. And uh, number two, the Bible says we should be lenders of the people, not borrowers of the people. So we are led to be successful people. And just want to go back to chiropractic really quick. It's really interesting that I had a similar issue. I had a respiratory problem. And even an inexperienced musculoskeletal chiropractor, when they set the nerve system free. We are free indeed. And boy, I'll tell you one thing, even a poor chiropractic adjustment can do amazing things. And look what it did to you. So, you know, like BJ said, you never know how far reaching something you may say or think or do today will affect the lives of millions. So you're doing amazing things. Now you have a church of what, 1,400 people, 2,000 people? Just hit 3,000 people this last nice. week on our campuses. Congratulations. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, it's been radical, man. You know, God builds this church, not me, but I get to be an instrument. And hey, let's go this thing. Well, as you know, Fred and I have been to your church many times. And it is, there is something special going on. The spirit is moving in your church. And I, we love what you're doing. It's so inspiring for us. Go ahead, Doc. By the way, that's Awakened Church in uh, Brescia and San Marcos, correct? Uh, Bressy Ranch in San Marcos, Carlsbad and uh, San Marcos, California. Yeah, Awakened Church. How do they go look it up? Is it awakened.com? 
Yeah, awakenchurch.com uh, or just Google Awaken Church San Diego. You'll find it. All the messages you can download. You can check it out. See if, uh, you know, you vibe with the tribe. The other thing, I love what you're doing. I've been following some of your teaching. You've been doing some financial teaching, which is missing. in the. There's so many things missing in the church. Uh, there's fear is overrun our church in this day and age. It's crazy to me how a church can be shut down because of something that may be going around that we're not even clear what it is, right? And your church is open. It's vibrant. Uh, people are worshiping together. Um, especially today, we, we talk a lot about, unfortunately, domestic violence and suicide. It's because people aren't attending. They're not worshiping. They're stuck in their house because we're afraid to go outside the house. And you set them free, both physically through the adjustment and also, as we know, spiritually. Yeah. You, you know, one of the greatest finds, you, you never know until you're in a pressure cooker, what you're made of. And so what happens is you don't know what you're gonna squeeze, what's gonna come out until you're there. A lot of people say that, man, I wasn't wealthy until I was broke. You know, it took them hitting the bottom before they found out what they were made of. And, and this builds resilience and it's forging. And what, you know, if you study anything about physics, man, when you turn the heat up, you could have a rock sitting there, but when you turn the heat up to 500 something degrees Celsius, you're going to have silver come out if silver's in there. But guess what else is also in that rock? But you have to turn it up even hotter up into the 737 degrees Celsius. You don't get, that's where you get gold coming out. Same rock, two different precious metals that came out at different temperatures. So the fire that you're under is going to get some stuff that's deep in there that maybe you don't even know about. What I'll say is, Listen, I think everybody, when this first hit, you're trying to be respectful, you're trying to flatten the curve, you're trying to listen to this narrative because you want to be honoring to what people are saying. But listen, in June, we started going, something's not right. So we did a church-wide leadership fast, and then God started speaking to us. The alarm started going off, and we're like, okay, you know what? This is crap. And we're going to press in. So we pressed in. We started getting words of knowledge, praying about it. We knew exactly God gave us the exact date that we were going to open. So we waited until August 23rd. Still going online, still doing everything respectful. Finally, August 23rd said, we said, no, nah, this is a this is a scamdemic at this point. There are people in power that are manipulating us and we're done with it. We opened full throttle, man. We saw miracles, rest restoration, addiction to drugs because of the depression meds. We got them delivered, set free, healed, marriages restored, people that were going to kill themselves every week for the first eight weeks. We had two or three people that were about to kill themselves, either heard a voice, someone called them. God, we had a woman with a rope burn around her neck that she tried hanging herself at noon on a Saturday. The rope broke. She fell to the ground. Her phone was in her pocket. She called 911 as she did it. She didn't want to rot there. And they showed up. Her friend called right as they got there and said, I was just praying God highlighted you and said to bring you to church tomorrow morning. I don't know why. And she goes, well, I'm on my way to the hospital. They're going to check me out of a psych ward. She ended up coming, giving her life to Christ. Now this woman is a powerhouse. So many gifts. Man, the enemy is trying to snuff her out because of isolation. And this whole thing is isolated people. And if the church doesn't stand up, listen, anybody listening to this or watching this, the number one you could, thing you could do is pray for pastors. There are many pastors that are still not open due to fear and manipulation of power because they're not sure how to get back without being hated on or cancel culture. And you know what? I just cancel, cancel culture. And so we're doing it. We're open. And you obviously guys have seen the fruit of it. 
and uh, we're not backing down. And uh, if I li- need to listen to Tom Petty every day and not back down, I'm going to do it. God did not give us the spirit of fear. So these pastors are closed down. They're listening to the wrong spirits. So yep. when you say pray for these pastors, they should get it an awakening themselves. Because the one true spirit, like we said, is a spirit of faith. It's a spirit of boldness, right? It's a, it's a spirit of a strong mind. It's a spirit of power. That is not happening in most churches today, unfortunately, other than your church and a few others. Yeah, and, and each week I probably have five to seven uh, pastors DMing me, asking me, uh, can you pray for me? Can you help lead us? Can you show us the way? What did you do? What did you not do? And so we're trying to coach as many pastors as we can, but it's amazing. There is a spirit of control, which is the spirit of Jezebel. And I just think every person should go study that stuff. Whether you're a believer or not, go say, I want to Google the spirit of Jezebel. That spirit is nasty, and that's what's over our country right now, and we must break it for us to thrive. Well, and really, I mean, they're asking, how do you do it? How do you do it? And how you do it is open your freaking door. I mean, it's really it's really simple. Schedule a service, open your door. Now, I remember the story where you guys opened, and didn't public health officials show up? I mean, they're so afraid who's going to show up. But when you have that conviction, I mean, they showed up, and you had hundreds of people there, and they just walked away. It's something like that, right? And this is what people says. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises the standard against it. So what happened was there was an enemy that raised all this bullying, if you will, and then God raises the standard. And so what happened was people in the county supervisor came to our church and they were trying to shut us down and they realized legally they couldn't. So they did social pressure. They put us on news outlets, everything. But we had other news stations calling us saying, hey, uh, San Diego County wanted us to run, uh, you know, a hit piece against you, but we chose not to. We'd like to get your side of the story. So we went on these people that were for us. And guess what? Even the negative press built our church. Now they were coming. Yeah, sure. We had a few haters here and there, but they were gone after a couple of weeks. But man, they, they kept seeing the news. Awakened Church is open. Awakened Church is open. All these other churches closed. People are like, all right, let's go check it out. They're raising hell. And you know what? We are. We're brazing the gates of hell against them. And they were coming in by the floodworks. They've never seen anything like it. They've never felt so much faith. And it was restoring people that would have never been to church if it wasn't for those media. Then we had county supervisor employees that were calling us going, yeah, we just saw the report. They're trying these social bullying campaigns. Just weather the storm, Dr. Matt, weather the storm. I had patients telling me that worked for the county, weather the storm, Dr. Matt. They're just trying to bully you. They're trying to, and guess what? Finally. Like fly, you know, water off a duck's back, boom. When they were gone, the storm had ceased. We had, they probably, we didn't spend any money on marketing because we didn't have to. People were hungry for truth. Hence, we just had Dr. Simone Gold packed out to the gills. We didn't know what to do with it. People want the truth and the truth will set them free. Well, yeah, and you're even like Dr. Simone Gold. She started the Frontline Docs, right? So, I mean, you're you're just not bringing the truth about spirituality. I mean, you're bringing the truth of what's going on in the world because if they don't stand up against that, right, they cave in their heart. So, so you're providing both strong heart and courage, right? I mean, that's really it. It's faith and courage. I'd say you have faith. You got to have courage. Yeah, those go together. It's been amazing, man. And I'm gonna tell you, and God. When you honor those that God sends you, he'll send you those that he honors. He is sending us some of the most ridiculous names and influencers and, you know, guys coming to men's prayer now, you know, uh, you know, megaphone Marine, 
you know, Dr. Corey, he's been coming to men's prayer, getting his bell rung, going, oh my gosh, where's this been? I've needed this. So many influencers coming together in one voice with one place in one accord. That's how revival starts. And, and we're starting to see the foundations of the corruption break down and shatter, especially in the state of California, that we're going to keep praying. We're going to pray for the state that we love. We're not going to move. You know, I was driving around in my convertible today, rocking out to music going, while all my friends in Texas are freezing their face off, I'm going, this is why I'm fighting for my freedom right here in California. And, and that's the thing. I'm not going to move because how California goes is how everywhere will go. So if we don't have the righteous stand in California, guess what? Your state's going to be affected too. So the righteous must stand. We got to draw a line in the stand and we got to slap back. Cool. I love that. Well, I don't even know what to say after that. I mean, that's, yeah, well, that's, well, that's pretty much it right there. Rally the troops, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, hey, man, we, we totally appreciate, I mean, to say that we, we love and appreciate you and, and what you're doing is uh, making such a massive difference. You know, and that's, that's the whole thing. Like, we think we're in one calling, and then it's like you master that game, man. You got, you got the next thing. You know, this isn't even the last purpose. You know, th this was a big one that will last a lifetime, and there's probably something even bigger, as you know, that, that's coming. So we got, we got to be great soldiers, so to speak, and, and servants where we're at. And then, you know, our, our purpose just keeps growing from there. But see, what, what you two are doing is something actually very excellent. What you're doing is you're teaching people how to listen for the truth. And we need to, as men, especially men, we got to get our resilience back. We, we got to, like, uncastrate what's happened. There's been a lot of castrated men that just haven't fought. I mean, there hasn't been a World War II. There hasn't been a fight. There hasn't been something to step. So we've gotten a little soft. And now that you're encroaching on our freedoms that our fathers and forefathers fought for, now we're starting to feel a little righteous anger come back up. We're not sure how to express it. We're not sure how to channel it. We're not sure what it means. But your voice is what you're doing right now is helping men and women channel their frustration because it's frustrating to be lied to. It's frustrating to be sold a narrative of that's bullcrap and that you are trying to be a voice of reason so we can stop, breathe, going, you're right, I'm not crazy. There's other guys, thank you, gentlemen, that are bringing in truth that you're getting us all on the same page that we can stand up and fight for the things we love. And you're bringing resilience back to a soft generation that needs mighty men to help lead them back into what our calling is. We are supposed to be kings warriors mentors and friends and and we've lost a lot of that art we're just business guys that are in the trenches or gamers we're just so into social media or we're so into this one niche we've become self we've become you know selfish and what this has highlighted is no we got to band together as brothers and sisters in love and unify and fight back and that's what you're doing on this podcast. So thank you for that. Right. No, I, I don't know if I can put this in words, Matt, but I feel like, you know how the Bible says that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion. And I think that so many of us, especially the churches, that's the voice out there is that roaring lion. But we know that a lion who's dangerous doesn't roar. They just attack you and kill you. So that lion is void of teeth. It does not have a bite. So it's about time that us, this, as you said, mighty men of valor, it's about time for us to band together because we do have teeth. We do have power. 
So with us together, they can't destroy us. That's right. And, and, and you know what's important to understand is there were two trees in the garden. In the Garden of Eden, at the very beginning of that Bible in Genesis, there was two trees, the tree of knowledge and the tree of life. Adam and Eve, Eve ate of the tree of knowledge. And there's a lots of knowledge out there. We don't need knowledge. We need life. Mm -hmm. We need to eat from the tree of life. And those that are have the fruit, because even that tree of knowledge had fruit. It was the wrong fruit. And our world, America, has started eating from that knowledge. And we think all this knowledge, and we're so savvy. But you know what it is? We got to get back to only eating the tree of life, because life brings freedom. Life brings liberty. Life brings joy and love and the fruit of the spirit. Too many Americans were eating the tree of knowledge, which got us off base into lawlessness and legalism. We got to get back to freedom, which is the tree of life. And that fruit tastes a whole lot different. And that's what you guys are bringing to the table. So God bless you for that. Thanks, brother. Where the spirit is, there is liberty. Amen. Bang. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> So in one sentence, we just summed up the last 45 minutes. <laughs> nice. So, hey, man, as, uh, as we wrap these things up, uh, first of all, do you have any final words? No, I just really appreciate what you're doing. You're an inspiration, and um, I'm hoping that a multiple, multiplied number of people will listen to this, get inspired by you, and get inspired by the church, attend your church, and then maybe go out and do their thing. And um, this is like colonization, man. We got to colonize, and then we got to go out and, and spread the word and, and uh, fight the battle. It is a battle. You know, the one last thing I, I would say, that money piece that you talked about, Doc, is the reason why I'm so passionate about it. I got to help people get out of poverty and get into success because I don't want people to take a vaccine because they want to fly to see their family. I want them to be so independently wealthy they can get on a plane or buy a plane or do anything private, then they're not going to be manipulated the wrong way. And money buys freedom. And if you're successful, you can advance the kingdom. So I need as many successful men and women out there called kingdompreneurs advancing the kingdom because that's freedom. Otherwise, we'll never be able to fight. It takes money to fight. So I've been passionate lately about teaching on money so people get their house in order so we can advance. So... I just thought that was important to acknowledge that. Matt, how can people uh, listen to your teaching on the money? Because I know you. Oh, uh, you know what? On my um, on my Instagram right now, I'm doing a tw uh, seven week, 21 day money matters talk. Money principles, money the psychology of it, the biblical principles of it, how not to get sucked into greed, how to get out of poverty. It's all about your mindset, conscious, subconscious, and sending that out into the world to receive it back full throttle. Nice. Right on. Okay, so information on how to get a hold of you, how to get in touch with your church online and, and where you're yeah. uh, located, address, whatever you want to give. <laughs> uh, it's awakenchurch.com. And, uh, you know, you can find me on Instagram at AskDrMatt and uh, email me, Dr. Matt at Awaken Church. Anything you guys need, send me an email. I'd love to. Uh-oh, just got cut off from you. Anyways, black screen. But anyways, God bless you guys. Thanks for having me. And it uh, looks like my wife's blowing me up. <laughs> All right. Right on, brother. Love hey, you. we'll Talk see you at your church, man. Love you, Matt. Thank you so much for all you do. Love you guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate right, it. brother. Peace.